Welcome to the Procurement Show. Hello and welcome to The Procurement Show, the show that tackles the topics we all need to think about and sets out to explore the more interesting bits of procurement. I'm Jonathan O'Brien. And I'm Paul Philpott and I've been told my job here is to just shut up to listen and learn. (laughs) For once. (laughs) This week we're looking at the tech landscape in procurement and the supply chain as well and in particular data and how data helps and can help us in the future. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing. Enabling the future of procurement in organisations around the globe. And to help me unpack this huge topic is an experienced leader with a proven history of success across multiple industries, especially in healthcare and IT procurement. He is a senior director with the group purchasing company Una and describes himself as a seeker of truth. Please welcome to The Procurement Show, Chris Lance. Chris, welcome. Hello, how are you all today? We're really good. It's so good that you could come and join us on The Procurement Show today. So this whole data thing, and I've seen you've posted a lot of stuff recently. You've done a lot of stuff on digital, which is why we just had to get you onto The Procurement Show. Now, before we go any further, I'm really sorry to interrupt you on on this because this is a bugbear of mine. This word digital. Yes, why do we use this word digital? Do you know, I don't know. Everything's digital. Everything's, it's like artificial intelligence and digital. Digital you know. this, digital that. Yeah. Has nobody heard about a compact disc? That I was have, digital, that was in the <laughs> 80s. I haven't got a better word. Right. I tell you what, by the end of the podcast, let's see if we can find a better word. Okay. For now, we'll call it digital. All right, we'll Maybe by it. the end, we can call it an orange or something. Okay. I don't Chris know. Chris knows, you know what I mean, Chris, don't you, with this? I do. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a buzzword. It's hashtag marketing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hashtag that's orange. fine. As you said, I'll sit down, shut up and listen. You may now continue with the first question, Jonathan. About digital. Yes. I'm intrigued by some of the stuff that you've been publishing, Chris, actually. And we've talked on this show a lot about how procurement needs to take this big leap forward in terms of data and digital but today am i missing something it seems like the only options out there are sort of islands of technology and many of those are not quite up to it so i mean what's your take on that to dive in right procurement and sourcing is not and cannot be a one-size-fits-all mindset or you're set up for long-term failure I like to liken the IT category, it's very similar to food in the sense where it's very critical if there's meaningful spend or if it's a meaningful category to an organization, it's also typically very sensitive or deemed as hands-off. So I really wanted to highlight the sensitivity before we go much further, because I would argue the tech stakeholders are typically, they're often like the doctors in the tech space, right? You really have to have them on board. So that said, I think IT has and will continue to explode as far as the size and scope of spend. And with that comes increased complexity. So because it's so large, it tends to have this feeling of everything is in small pockets, but really what it is, is just basic subcategories. And if you take the time to really improve your acumen or your knowledge around that, you're actually able to find synergies across, whether it's specific platforms, specific pieces of tech, and how they actually start to integrate more and more together. We should look at buying data and digital just as we would look at any other category. Is that right? Yes, within reason. However, I would argue there's probably an overemphasis needed around just basic change management mm. protocol. It's very similar, at least in my experience, to HR. And as we're seeing, I think we've learned as a globe over the last two to three years is that, especially in procurement, whether it's tech, HR, 
or something like office supplies. Price is not the end-all be-all anymore. There are many, many other components that actually outweigh just savings. But breaking it down, right, in terms of actually what needs to happen in order to, I'm going to say, digitize, digitizing yes. things, digitizing the function, there's another buzzword. <laughs> Do you think that procurement and the supply chain have actually got a grip of the steps that they need to go through in order to make this actually happen? I think they're probably about 70% of the way there, meaning I think both teams, if you will, have an understanding of what needs to happen. I still think to date, though, there's a lack of communication or understanding on how those individual team goals actually tie together and work together and how both teams actually should look at it as they're empowering one another rather than someone taking maybe autonomy away and things of that nature. So I think they're almost there, but there's a gap through communication and expectations, I think, that needs to be bridged. Is that a gap internally that if procurement's working with an IT function to think about how you implement digital, they're just not talking to each other? Or is it something different? I think so. And I think that usually to really change that narrative or change that theme, I think it needs to start from the top down. It needs more of a holistic approach, just like we're seeing across any category in supply chain, you really need to hit pause for a second and step back, right? Because as we've seen, just in time may not be the best, right? So re-looking at strategies rather than forging ahead with the same old that we've always done. Actually, Jonathan, do you reckon there's also reluctance? I'm not sure if it's a reluctance. I think all the people I talk to, they're desperate to make procurement digital, but they actually don't know what that means. So (laughs) I'm having conversations. Yeah, we've got to have a digital strategy. Okay, what does that mean? I go to an exhibition and I look at all these providers and I've been to some of these tech exhibitions. Yeah. It scared the life out of me because, and I'd like to think I know a little bit about this. I walked around. One, I didn't recognize half the companies that were there. Right. Two, I tried to figure out what they did and I could only actually understand what half of them did. The rest, it was just, well, I've got no idea. It just didn't make any sense. And third, you know, be good to get your view on this, Chris, because it looked like it was just an isolated thing where somebody had digitized a process. Mm -hmm. So rather than looking at this holistically, which is what you said just now, taking things that procurement used to do and digitizing it. So the classic example, the sort of first bit of tech we all adopted in procurement is for the RFP. Mm -hmm. We all went over to using e-sourcing platforms and then wondered why actually the suppliers weren't able to make any meaningful proposals because everything was a yes, no answer so we could do the analytics much better. All we did is we digitized something that used to be done on a paper-based system. Clearly, we've got to take that leap. But I don't think we've progressed much past that. It looks like we're still digitizing existing processes. Is that what we're doing? Absolutely. I mean, so I'll throw in another buzzword that I think we need to crack, and it's automation, right? right? It's we're taking the exact same steps, and rather than having an individual do them, we're having a machine do them. But at the end of the day, well, who's managing that machine? Who's watching those settings? And so we're really just trading one devil for another. And it may seem that we're taking steps or that we're experiencing progress, but oftentimes we're confusing movement with progress. And I think that before we look at automation or digitization, you really need to look at the process and the manner in which you're going to be executing and capitalizing on that. And so, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I might be skipping ahead now, but I think actually what you just said, Jonathan, is something that's happening literally. You have got organizations, IT services companies that are digitizing Mm. step by step, Mm. form by form, a process that is on paper. All the boxes are in the same place. They're just on a screen. Nobody's actually working from the point of 
the digitization of this, how can it streamline? How can it better improve the experience? How can it bring about more analytics, more data? How can it open up a bigger world for opportunity and for procurement? I love that phrase you used just then, Chris. We're confusing movement with progress. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. So maybe the first step, because we assume we can run into this wonderful digital future, But we can't. And procurement functions just don't quite know how to do that. You know, they're buying bits of technology here and there, but it's not running into the future. We are moving. Is it progress? I'm not sure it is progress. What do you think, Chris? I personally would disagree. I don't think that it is progress. I think that we actually need, again, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And just because we have the capabilities to do things doesn't mean that it's actually furthering the organization or the industry forward. So I think we really need to hit pause. And I think at the end of the day, there's always going to be that human element too. So I think it needs to start with bridging the gap between IT and procurement and really defining what success looks like for the organization or for the company. And from there, taking those steps, the logical steps that are really going to help everybody who's involved. The Procurement Show, exploring the more interesting bits about procurement. And now, the Procurement Fun Fact. This edition's exciting tale of preposterous procurement, bizarre buying, or simply saucy sourcing. To celebrate Canada's 150th anniversary, the province of Ontario tasked its procurement department with sourcing a six-story, 13-and-a-half-ton rubber duck, which, <laughs> which ended up costing 120000 Canadian dollars. And if you think that was quaggers... W- <laughs> Worse, the federal government was so struck by the idea that they paid a further 250,000 Canadian dollars to take what had by then become the world's biggest rubber duck on a six-city tour. The authorities later defended their spending, claiming the world's largest rubber duck was a tourist attraction and brought millions of dollars in the city during the festivities. The Procurement Fun Fact Contact us by email Hello at theprocurementshow.com. Send us a tweet at Procurement Show or connect with us on LinkedIn. Search for The Procurement Show. So we've got to link what we do with the strategy of the organization. And really, I guess mm-hmm. our digital and, let me bring another buzzword in, data strategy, mm-hmm. it's got to flow from what is it the organization is trying to achieve. I mean, let's look beyond systems because we've talked a bit about systems so far in the digitizing space. Let's talk about data, because actually, if we're going to get past this kind of digitizing a process thing, then surely we just stop thinking about the system and we start thinking about where can we get data from and how can we use that data in a more meaningful way? Because if you could access data about every category you buy, every supplier, everything that happens in your supply chain, everything that's happening in your organization in terms of performance of using this stuff and so on, add to that geopolitical events and what's happening in the world. Imagine if you could connect to that data. You wouldn't design RFP systems. You wouldn't design the sort of performance management systems we use with suppliers today. You'd do something different. What do you think, Chris? Absolutely. This is not my quote, but data, I would argue, is more valuable than oil, right? And I say that statement with the costs of oil and utilities <laughs> on a global scale. I still stay you true. You're timing well with that, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I say that even with all that being considered, I think that we see how specific social companies or conglomerates, massive organizations are already 
utilizing data from the masses, right? And so if you take that same concept and just truly understand where is your spend going, if you're working on a strategy that guarantees, right, at the end of the day, you'll see 30 to 40% savings. Well, sometimes I scratch my head when you move forward eight months, why don't you see that on the bottom line? Mm-hmm. So there's a gap somewhere and you really need to make sure you're understanding where that's all going. Data is going to tell you that story. Now I will say, as you start looking at data, you need to be very honest and very careful. Statistics 101 is you can take the same data and tell a good story or a negative one. So I think being honest on what that data is revealing to you and then working with many, many, many different, whether it's category managers, C-suite, what have you, really understand, okay, so then what's the next step that needs to move forward before any automation, digitization, things like that. The data needs to tell you what should happen next. I love data. Mm. I mean, data is used as a buzzword, isn't it? I don't like small data. Big data. I, I, that's another buzzword. Big data. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say small data, media data. Mm. Yeah. We you skipped know, medium data, didn't we? Poor old medium data. I had there. to go and try and find out what big data meant because <laughs> I kept hearing everybody talking about artificial intelligence yeah. and big data. I thought, I've got no idea. Yeah. And I searched it out and it's just like lots of data. Yeah. It's uh, that simple that you've got access to all these different data sources yeah. that you can bring together. So, I mean, we use that phrase carelessly and some of us didn't even know what it meant yeah but i mean that kind of says it all really it is about data i love that quote that data is more precious than oil which is probably why everybody's trying to get ours right now but in procurement we need to play that game don't we we Mm. need to collect our data recognize the value of data about our suppliers their performance Mm -hmm. what it is we're buying how we're using that Mm -hmm. because all the companies out there that are kind of providing services they're already collecting this data and so i guess the question is how do we view data as a capital thing that as an asset in a company so procurement data should have a value for the future how do we begin to do that going back to the big data Mm. right i think you need to start at a very high level and you need to again might sound redundant but you need to let that steer you into the specific pockets or into the specifics that are going to reveal further information to you. I would argue the smaller data is actually where the decision should be made, but you need to, again, step back and look at a more holistic approach for the overarching umbrella. Similar to your point earlier, Jonathan, about, so is it really just as similar as other categories? I mean, on one hand, yes, it really is. It's just, there are certain components when you get to that decision-making factor and the sensitivity around the specific subcategory as to whether that decision is a sound one or not. I'd sort of move away from digital for a moment and talk a little bit about biotechnology, if I may, because this is another field which I'm kind of interested in but don't know enough about to make a serviceable comment. In the US, there was a biotechnology bill just passed, Jonathan. Can you go into a bit more detail about that? I think there was, actually. Let's ask the expert. Yeah. (laughs) Is there a biotechnology bill in the US? And I also want to ask, while you're talking about it, whether that has any kind of implications with regards to procurement, the supply chain, and this whole topic of digitization. Yeah. So first, there was a bill passed, but I think what's interesting about it is it wasn't necessarily anything was voted on. So this was an executive order that was passed on September 12th. It goes beyond biotechnology. It actually goes into biomanufacturing. It's a very lengthy, riveting read if anybody is looking for something to fill their time with. But what is, is biomanufacturing? Sorry. Again, I would encourage the audience to take a look and research. I think you said at the beginning, self-proclaimed truth seeker, yeah. right? And so I would encourage those to look at the true definition versus the first one that jumps into your mind. 
But essentially, my takeaway from what I've been researching and reading is it's almost, and we've already kind of been doing this on a global scale, but looking at human beings as computer systems, right? And harnessing the data there and the behaviors. And can you modify that behavior? Can you help with sustainability? Can you course correct maybe certain actions? And so I'll pause there before I go any further. But what I do think also is I think it's a signal of things to come. I think that anytime that you have a government or a very massive entity enter a conversation, and it's very shortly thereafter that you actually start to see regulations come in behind it. And so what I mean by that is, even if you're not in the healthcare space, if your procurement and your IT teams are not speaking together and working together, then I would tell you right now, you're probably behind the curve. You're probably behind the eight ball. And that's not to say that many others are not in a very similar situation because things are just moving at such a rapid pace. I think that it's very difficult for full organizations to be able to move and pivot so quickly, even to make a decision. It's like trying to turn an aircraft carrier. So if you imagine trying to switch a strategy that directly impacts the bottom line and the insights and the processes around that, um, it's going to take time. So for me, it's a signal of if your procurement and IT teams are not talking and working and defining goals and success together, you need to do so now and rather immediately. Again, because full governments, whether it's through central bank digital currencies or whether it's through other things like that, it's all going to be tied and built in surrounding technology. And we've seen how procurement, the tentacles, they just go everywhere very quickly. So you said a couple of things that sort of changed the game in that, because at the start of this, I thought that was a question around biotech in the healthcare sector. And it's not, is it? That's actually, but this is about human behavior mm-hmm. shaping how we will interact and the future of technology. So we're talking about digital. Actually, maybe it's not digital. Maybe it is more human that is driving. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but all of a sudden we're going off into this other place that's not about digital, electronic ones and zeros anymore. It's about, how would you even describe it? It's a biobehavior. Are you concerned about influence coming in? Well, I just don't understand what it is. So Chris, you just said procurement and IT functions. And I guess the sort of people that are developing the I say digital strategy yeah. for the organization, it's not, it's the kind of information strategy mm-hmm. for the organization. Somehow we've got to figure out what is the information the organization needs? Where is that? Is it in a digital form or is it in a human form? How do you capture that? I don't have the answer. And I don't know that we boil the ocean and solve the world's problems just now, right? But I think what it does do is it supports a tremendous amount of the efforts that we've already been seeing around artificial intelligence. And I believe taking that to the next level, which is essentially just a very robust and aggressive version of automation. Hmm. And so I think in order to take that next step, what we're seeing is, well, guess what? We need more data. We need more information. And I think that's what's being sought after. So if I wanted to go to a dark place, I would say, what's the concern? I would say it would probably be something around lack of or the removal of autonomy or maybe unbeknownst to an individual that autonomy is being removed because you're being influenced without even your awareness. But that kind of goes more towards a marketing channel. I think really for the purpose of discussions today, we would just want to look at it as, at least here in the US, we're seeing a lot of, I'll say, grumbling around hiring and firing and turnover and things of that nature. You know, I think it's only a matter of time before, especially very large organizations say, okay, if the people are, for lack of a better term, the issue, right? 
then how do we remove that issue to move and further the organization forward? So again, this is a massive topic that we could probably go on for hours about. But I think that at the end of the day, what it really means is, is that data is becoming important on a level that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. And with that, to be successful, you have to understand where governments, big companies, where regulations will be leading. It's almost just like the digitization of healthcare records alone. That changed everything we know about healthcare. And so if you actually take that whole model and you apply it in a corporate realm, it changes everything we know about retail, about e-commerce, everything that we know. And so while it's extremely exciting, again, I tend to be a little bit more pessimistic on this, right? But it's being careful, or I'll say, let's be cautiously optimistic as we move forward in exploring these very uncharted territories. So it's almost like, forget digital, data is where it's at. Data is where we need to be thinking. It's time to Ask Jonathan. And our latest Ask Jonathan comes from Anon, and you'll soon see why. Dear Jonathan, having recently joined my new company, I head up a new procurement function set up to try and drag the organisation from the dark ages to something that can add some value to a large textiles manufacturer. The small team that I have inherited that have only ever bought things, quite frankly, are stuck in old ways and not up to it, apart from one who is hungry for change. So, I am designing my new function. What skills should I look for? Should I recruit seasoned procurement people or look further afield? This is a great question and I could risk upsetting an awful lot of people with how I answer this because the world of procurement is changing beyond recognition. Just listening to our guest today, you know, it's very clear there's a whole new skill set that we need there. You need people with some procurement experience. You need people that can do the staples and think strategically, act strategically, connect what you're buying with what the organization needs and wants and has set out as its goals. So you're going to need people that can learn things like category management, supplier relationship management, of course. However, I think these days the best procurement people are not procurement people. Interesting. And I think if you're going to build a function, you need this mix. So yes, you need that procurement skill set in there, but don't fill the function with them. Get a data scientist in there. Get somebody who's a mathematician, a data scientist, understands data. Because if they've got that headset, they know where to get data from and how to begin to glue it together and create algorithms, another buzzword, but you can do this stuff on spreadsheets or just running Python and stuff like that. You know, it's something that is straightforward with somebody that has the right brain. So get somebody like that on the team and then start pointing them in the direction of data and how it can begin to work for the organization. And the other key skill right now is sustainability because procurement people don't understand sustainability beyond the obvious stuff. And sustainability people don't understand procurement. And if 50 to 70% of sustainability must happen in the supply chain, you've got to fuse those two together. So if I was designing the optimum procurement function, I think I'd be keen to look outside the traditional skills that procurement people have grown up with, because actually we need some new skill set alongside those. And I'd mix them all together, get everybody working together and try and create a function that drives change. Excellent. So there you go. Look outside the procurement recruitment box. All I will say to you is if you've got a question that you'd like to ask Jonathan, here's how you can get in touch. Ask Jonathan. Email your question to jonathan at theprocurementshow.com. You might be part of the next show. The Procurement Show. The latest thinking, the greatest insights. 
So imagine I'm a CPO. As I said earlier, when I talk to CPOs, they just don't know where to start with this stuff. And everybody agrees we need to take big steps, but which way do I go? What should I be investing in? The question I was going to ask you is what digital should I be investing in if I'm a CPO? That question's redundant now from this conversation. And so the question that I have is what do I do? Should I think about figuring out what data we've got, could have, what we need for the future, and how we can begin to shape our information needs for the future? Where do we start? What would I do? So if you truly are starting from the ground up, then what I would suggest is tapping into your network. If memory serves me well, I believe you all have some partners who actually would be able to help kind of accelerate some of those things or just entry-level knowledge, I would say on, hey, I have all this data, but what do I even do with it? Do I invest in some type of software platform that can help me aggregate that and kind of show me visually what my big data buzzword is telling me, or do I need to outsource this? For me, it's very similar to the GPO model or a consultant model where you need to be willing to essentially be open to the fact that everything you've been doing could potentially be wrong. Pull in experts who actually understand and can point you in the right direction. That's where I would start. Once you have a handle and an understanding of your data, that's then when it becomes business decisions that need to be made and what you want for the future of your organization. Well, the businesses, the organizations that are providing software solutions and digital solutions to the world of procurement at the moment, are they doing it well so far? Are they doing it badly? They're doing it well. However, there is a tremendous amount of opportunity to improve because, again, I think that those who are doing it well, they're definitely pioneering something kind of new and they're probably a little bit in the right place at the right time. I would like to know maybe three to five years ago how they knew this was coming. That's something I haven't really been able to figure out, but that's the multi-billion dollar question, right? Always knowing what's coming. And so they are doing it well. I think there's maybe only a handful though who can actually service everything. There are a tremendous amount of software companies who maybe have three-fourths or one-fourth or maybe half of what this whole strategy would encompass. And I think that's why also you need to be using multiple strategies at the same time, especially when it comes to tech. Whether you're talking about cloud or mobility or phone systems, security, my goodness, that will continue to grow at a level I don't think we've ever seen yet. I think those are the areas and that's where you really want to pull in experts. So you're essentially not doing double work. You want to make sure that you're marching in the direction where regulations may fall, where all the rest of the world or countries are actually moving and it would support your business. Okay, you you mentioned a few things there. So if you were to come up with your top three, four, at the most five bits of tech that procurement and the supply chain should be looking at right now, what would they be? They can be themes or they can be specifics. So I would bunch it into categories. Mm -hmm. And I would say it's probably going to be... (laughs) security, cloud, and mobility. And for anybody who's listening and rolling their eyes going, ugh, why did he mention the three most sensitive categories in tech to go start with? That's exactly why. Because those are the areas, and even if they're massive amounts of spend now, I can tell you that will only grow. And so if you don't have a harness on it now, you're potentially already leaving very sizable dollars on the table, but you're also potentially setting yourself up for long-term failure. So again, that's why I think that the aspect of change management really needs to be taken more seriously because to just walk into IT and say, we're changing our cloud strategy, they'll probably laugh and go back to typing whatever email that they were working on. You're really going to need to have that buy-in. But those three categories, I would actually argue if you wanted the top two, it would be cloud and security. Mm -hmm. Security, I would probably put at the top of the list just because of how volatile or 
how dangerous not paying attention to that category could potentially be. But approaching IT teams with those in mind and asking how they define success and creating a definition together will allow breakthrough and progress forward. See, we talk a lot about getting closer to IT teams, and I don't think that relationship's there. There is cross-functional working in terms of buying IT categories, you know, hardware, software. Mm. But in terms of working about a collaborative joined-up strategy, I don't see that. That's not really started much in the organizations that I work with. So, I mean, that is almost one of the biggest takeaways from this session we'll come on to takeaways in just a moment but the other thing that sort of comes through here is control and it feels like there is opportunity for procurement to gain better control by implementing security mobility and cloud is that fair and can it do more than that it can and if i were approaching it i wouldn't tell them that they would be losing any control but Mm. that's exactly what it is but it's more about it's the ability to influence better decisions that would support goals. I would look at it as IT and procurement actually empowering one another rather than somebody losing control or losing autonomy or the decision-making authority. I would say that tech and procurement should become best friends. Mm. But again, likening it to HR, right, or human resources, it's not just about the price. It's not just about the relationship. There are things that are just non-negotiable and keeping that in mind before those conversations even begin. But yeah, I think that procurement does, whether it's control or at least having a seat at the table, that's what I think needs to be happening. And sadly, to your point, I would agree, Jonathan, I think there is still a little bit of a, while everybody's starting to say, well, we know what needs to happen. Nobody's really taking that first step to bridge the gap or have those conversations even begin, which is why I would recommend the CPO and the CTO essentially leading by example. If you have your chief technology officer and your chief procurement officer on the same page, well, then that downstream is just going to permeate throughout the company. But that's where it should probably start. Jonathan always comes back to this, doesn't it? This is the same old discussion about having a discussion, getting around the table, sharing the ideas and actually working as a team. Go and talk to people. Doesn't seem to be happening. No, and I don't know why. It's partly because organisations are kind of set up in this top-down silo, another buzzword, Mm. kind of operating. And all the companies that I work with in terms of getting them to do things like category management, supplier relationship Mm. management, you know, those things are successful when you go talk to other people. It's not about the process or how good you know the tools. It's about how you talk to people and you get people working together. And it is as simple as that. This is another one of those. The old way organizations are set up just doesn't work in the modern way we all need to work cross-functionally, I think. So, Chris, what are your key three takeaways from today, please? The first one, what I just said, I would say tech and procurement, they need to become best friends. Even if you have to smile and fake it till you make it in the beginning, you have to at least begin those you conversations. Said it. I said it. I said it. Secondly, I would say the time is ticking. This simply just cannot be ignored much longer. There's meaningful dollars. There's meaningful decisions that need to be made. And they all hinge on these two teams working well together. And then the third one I would say is let's be careful with our buzzwords. Let's tread carefully as we move forward as it pertains to automation, digitization, and essentially replicating work and falling into that habit again of confusing movement with progress and really understanding what the results are that we expect from the decisions that are being made. That should all be driven by data, big or small. Brilliant. Chris Lance, it's been a delight to have you on The Procurement Show. I've learned an awful lot during this, and there's a lot of food for thought as well. Thank you so much for coming on and joining us today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to The Procurement Show. Contact us by email, hello at theprocurementshow.com. Connect with us 
on LinkedIn, search for The Procurement Show, and on Twitter, at Procurement Show. Visit us at theprocurementshow.com. The Procurement Show is brought to you by Positive Purchasing, enabling the future of procurement in organizations around the globe. Copyright Positive Purchasing, all rights reserved. Produced by Fresh Air Studios.